Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today I have a special guest today. I have the child in the building. Say hello, Isaiah. Hi. All right. So today um, we're going to do things a little differently. I'm just going to jump into Motivational Monday and give some Black excellence. And then we're going to skip over the hot topics this week and just go straight into the conversation with the child. So I'm really looking forward to this episode. So let's just jump into Motivational Monday. So for Motivational Monday, I wanted to circle back and we're in July now and uh, make sure that you revisit your goals. I know this year has just been, uh, you know, pretty much a shit show so far, but um, just make sure that you still um, are trying to accomplish your goals. I still have my book goal that I'm working on. And so um, even though we're, we've been in the house and things like that, it's really no excuse for me not to hit my goals. So I'm actually pretty close already. I think by October, November, I'll probably have it hit. Uh, some of the goals that I have for my podcast, I've reached those as well. So uh, just try to stay as positive as possible. Try to, um, you know, if you haven't reached your goals or you feel like you've kind of fallen off, this could be a time for you to revisit that and uh, still be still try to uh, work on them. I know um, my sister, I think my sister is going to be on sometime this month. Uh, she set a goal of being more toned and kind of, you know, working on some of her side projects. And in the month of June, she lost 10 to 11 pounds. And so it was pretty cool just to see um, people still kind of like working on the things they wanted to work out, work on uh, the whole entire year. So uh, you definitely still have time to revisit your goals, look at some of the ones that you haven't accomplished yet and try to figure out a way or a plan for you to accomplish those by the end of the year. All right. So my black excellence. I saw this on Because of Them We Can. I thought this was really cool. So I wanted to highlight it today for my Black Excellence. So it was the Black Receipt Movement. And I actually didn't know about this, um, but I am going to look into being a participant in it. Um, they just reached their goal of tracking more than $5 million spent supporting Black-owned businesses in 16 days. And so basically, it's a movement dedicated to encouraging people to spend their money with Black businesses by asking them to upload receipts of their purchases. I know for me and my family, we usually support black owned in general, even before, um, you know, we've had this push for it right now. Uh, that's something that we've always done. Uh, I know for me, like I support a lot of black brands, a lot of the t-shirts I wear and things like that are all from black owned businesses. And so that's something I make a point of doing uh, every year, you know, majority of the time. Um, I have made more of an effort to go around and find some of the, uh, the food trucks and some of the food companies that's been out there. So that's been pretty fun because I actually, um, a lot of the businesses I didn't really know about. And so I've made more of an effort to try to support as much as I can and, and support even more. So it's been actually really nice and really kind of cool to just go and uh, find all these different businesses that's right here in my you know city that I, that I honestly didn't really even know about. And so we've been picking and choosing about two, uh, it's been on average about two businesses a, uh, a week that we've gone and like gotten food or something like that. So it's been pretty cool. Um, I think that, you know, just making sure that we continue to support and, uh, and seek it out. And I think that's something I didn't do as much. And uh, that's something that I am, you know, making more of an effort of just seeking out some of these things, like, you know, in order to give support. So I thought the Black, seat, black Receipt Movement was really cool. I wanted to, to highlight that for a Black Excellence this week. Um, definitely look into it. If you, if you have some receipts or things like that that you've been supporting, um, look and see how you can upload it so we can see 
you know, how much is going to black businesses. So I thought that was pretty cool for my black excellence. All right. So like I said, this week, we don't have any hot topics. So I'm going to go into this conversation with the child here. Isaiah, give a give yourself an introduction. Um, I'm a rising senior in high school. I'm involved with the Black Suit Initiative, a leadership organization for young Black men. And I'm also involved with the Gate City Youth Slam team, um, a poetry group here in Greensboro. Okay, cool. All right. So you guys have heard me talk about the child a lot. Um, I don't know how much he really listens to my podcast, but he's been um, probably a few on, on a few of my uh, subjects, a few of my episodes. And so I was excited when he agreed to join me today so we can kind of have a conversation. I wanted to kind of just, I think sometimes when we, I think I talked about this last week or the week before, like I think sometimes when we talk about things that's going on, we forget to kind of consider like what you know, the kids during his time is, is kind of experiencing and going through. Isaiah's a little bit older, but so his experience may be a little different from, you know, some of my friends with younger kids, but um, I think his experience is all the same as everyone else's. And so this has just been difficult for, you know, everyone. And so I wanted to pull him in this today and kind of like have a conversation. So let's just go into it. So first I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, parenting. And uh, so when it comes to our parenting with you, Isaiah, what do you think that we talk about the most with you? Being a good man and having good character. That's what y'all talk about the most. And what's the second thing that you think that we talk about the most? Um, Making sure I'm safe. Um, Yeah. Okay. And I think that we, I think that, the past couple of years, we've kind of really drilled in your head uh, the need to have an education. I thought that would have been number one, honestly, because I feel like we talk <laughs> about education all the time. So, but yes, we do talk about those things. And do you think that, um, do you think that I'm a hard parent to you? No, I think you're someone who holds everyone to a high standard. Um, I don't think you're a hard parent. Okay. Well, that's good to know, Isaiah. All right. So um, I think that uh, my parenting style can be a little rough sometimes. Um, I I told everyone that I think it was helpful when we did the love languages and we kind of talked about like ways that we receive love. And it really helped me kind of um, learn how to love you better or love you the way that you want it to be loved. And so um, I think sometimes, you know, um, you know, especially with times when I'm acting crazy, um, I've had to kind of like be mindful of just how you may receive the information that I'm given. And so I think when we did the love languages together, that was actually really helpful for me to kind of be better and like how, you know, I go about, you know, parenting you and things like that. Um, do you think that helped you? It did. It made me feel like I know how to how y'all feel um, when I do certain things and when we and when we kind of get together and when we do family stuff. Okay, cool. 
I think um, as you get older too, you know, your love languages change. And so it'll be interesting to maybe, you know, when you get into your twenties to revisit that when, you know, you maybe have like your own, like, you know, love relationship or something like that, like revisit that with how you kind of view things. Cause you know, you at 17 today, it's going to be completely different from you at like 25, 27. So it'll be fun to kind of revisit that and see how much you've changed in your uh, perspectives. Yeah. All right. So when you found out um, that school was switched to online only due to COVID, um, and right now we still don't really know if you're going to go back to school in the fall. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a series of questions. Um, how did that? How did that affect you? It it made me kind of happy at the beginning until um, about maybe week two, and then I started to kind of feel. Um, almost lonely because I didn't have really much social interaction besides y'all. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a struggle. And then the work was, the work was easy, but I didn't really learn as much. Yeah. It was really weird when you first switched to online only because I don't, I think that even the teachers, like for you, I think they kind of were just, I think everybody was so unprepared. I don't really think that they really knew like, what really kind of like to do in a sense. I, I'm hoping that if school goes back and personally, I want you to go to school, but I don't feel comfortable right present day. I can say you going back to school because we don't even know really what really is going on or the precautions, you know, and they kind of have been saying some things, but I don't know. I think until this thing gets like under control, I don't really know how safe it is to allow children back in school. It's kind of weird that they're really pushing schools reopening without like a solid plan. Um, so that's like, for me, like really, really um, concerning. But I think the reason why, uh, I, I don't know, and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like the reason why it kind of was like a little bit of a struggle at first was because it was lack of structure. Like, I didn't get why your teachers, like, didn't do Zoom calls and, like, interaction with you. Like, some people had that. And I think the people that had that kind of seemed like they were more locked in opposed to, like, kind of what you had. And it was just like, okay, well, do this work, get this done, and that was it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get why it was, why it was like that. And so, but I do think if you go back in the fall, I feel like it won't be like that. Um, because I think like they're going to have more of a plan and kind of like a curriculum set up just in case um, that was to happen. So this is a question I didn't have written down, but when you were, when you felt um, lonely, uh, like in the house, why didn't you do like uh, maybe like zoom calls or, you know, do like FaceTime and stuff like that with your friends? Um, it was, it helped me realize who really were my close friends. Um, and it, it gave me something to work on socially. Um, I realized I didn't have too many close friends. I kind of distanced people away from myself more than I realized. Okay. So how do you think that you're going to um, work on that? Opening up and kind of really trusting people more, yeah. learning to build trust. 
Yeah, I understand that. And I think sometimes when it comes with trust, I think it's a thing of, um, I think it's a matter of like how I kind of think about trust. Like I'm going to pretty much give you a hundred percent until you make me feel differently. But it's a difference between like giving a hundred percent trust and just being like naive, you know, like you don't want somebody to sit and take advantage of you, obviously. But at the same time, like if nobody hasn't given you reason to question anything about them, I think if you go into relationships like that without like a chip on your shoulder, you know, you probably would get, you know, uh, solid relationships. And I think just being like more like sometimes, you know, when you're a teenager, you kind of can be surface. Like you can talk about, you know, stupid stuff, you know, what latest game came out, what latest shoe came out, stuff like that. But when you get more like, you know, invested, like more so uh, something as simple as how was your day? You know, how was work? You know, if if they have a job, how's your family? I think that's how you kind of like build, start building relationships with people a little deeper when you kind of go a little bit deeper. That makes sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I didn't even know you felt that way. Um, so that's kind of interesting to know, to learn that. Uh, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, even though, um, you know, we're all in a house together and, and you guys give me plenty of entertainment, I think everybody kind of felt a sense of loneliness to a certain degree because, you know, I didn't see, and you know, how often I would see, you know, my sister and all of that. Um, and even my mom, like I didn't, you know, we didn't see anybody for a good, like two months and it was just like us. And that's probably the longest I think I've gone without seeing somebody in my family of some, of some um, sort. So it was kind of crazy at first. And um, I think that's something that we probably could work on if we have to get shut down again or something like that. Just communicating that more with each other, because I think I went through that. I think Les went through that. Um, just again, just being in the house, it was weird, you know? Yeah. All right. So we know everything that's kind of else that's been going on, like even this summer. Um, so me and you went down to the protests and um, we kind of walked around downtown and, you know, looked at some of the, um, the street murals and things like that. Um, what was the experience like for you and how did it make you feel? It was beautiful being a part of it. It was, uh, I've never really seen such cooperation between everybody, every race, um, and everybody really felt passionate about seeing the Black Lives Matter movement taken care of. It was a lot of people down there that day. Yeah. It made me a little nervous at first. I'm not going to lie because I was like, God, I was like, you know, I got this child out here. I pray nothing pop off, you know, because we had the plan of if something happened, we were going to run. So I was just like praying that like nothing happened and it didn't. And it was, um, it was really beautiful. And I told my friend, I was like, I was glad that I got to experience that with you because um, you know, it was something that I feel like, uh, we needed to be a part of and just to kind of like see. And I feel like sometimes when we have conversations in the house, even though we talk about it, you know, um, it's different when you actually see it, you know? And so when I went downtown, um, and just saw like the businesses, like, you know, busted up and all of that, it was like, whoa, like, you know, it just kind of like, just I had so many thoughts just like running through my head um um how did that how did you feel when you saw like all like the windows broken out and all that it was crazy right yeah especially for some of the smaller businesses like um there is a social status down there which sells 
lots of sneakers and stuff like that. And it was crazy looking at it and looking at uh, the cheesecake place. Um, yeah, well, it was really strange. Cheesecakes, that was crazy. Because when yeah. you, it was like on the outside, it was like the boarded up. And so you just saw the murals. And then we went inside and got cheesecakes. And then you see how like basically all the windows were like busted out or shattered. And I was like, whoa, like that was just crazy when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, you know, um, we've had conversation about, you know, the killings that's going on. I know you see it. I've, I've had to tell you to like, you know, unplug sometimes from social media and not really look at it as much. Does it make you nervous as a young black male, like just kind of being in, like about, being in America, but you're basically about to be out and, you know, on your own pretty soon. Like, does that make you nervous? It makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, it makes me more aware of my surroundings and who watches me and who, um, and who I see when I'm at work. I see the MAGA hats and everything all around. Um, so it, it's really uh, eye-opening. Yeah, and you know, what I hate is I try to, um, when it comes to me and you, like I try to give you as much joy as possible because we live in such a world where it's like we have to have these conversations about being safe or, you know, not like, you know, we don't let you walk in the dark. You know, we don't let you, you know, wear a hoodie over your head. Like we, certain things like we just kind of like are completely against, you know, walking around a wife beater. I mean, just random things. And, um, and it's for reasons, but it's like, sometimes you feel like, I feel like sometimes we have to kind of like parent you on a level of like, we're in protection mode and we're like trying to get you ready for, you know, anything and everything and keep you safe. But at the same time, I, I, I hate it sometimes because I'm like, I would rather, you know, just like more so give you joy and happiness as much as I can, because the world is so hard at times, like for, especially for young black males, like you're, I feel like sometimes you're up against so much and just automatically people assume that you're a threat or assume that, um, you know, you're a bad person or something like that due to the color of your skin. And so it's like, you know, I, I hate that. And sometimes I hate that we have to parent towards that because, you know, with your counterparts and like, say like a white family or something like that, they don't have to parent towards safety, you know, just because of their skin color. Like you don't have people just trying to take somebody out because they're white, you know, and then in reverse, it is that way. So it's like, I feel like I'm constantly like, you know, thinking about that, you know, how I'm, I'm always like, I want you to be not just great, but extraordinary and be better than everybody else, because I feel like you kind of have to be, you know, and, um, and I think you can be, but I feel like you have to be because there's so many uh, odds against you just from the, in, you know, inception. And uh, at times that makes it really, it makes me really sad sometimes when we have to um, have the, those conversations and the level of it, but we have to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I always wondered, like, you know, um, I, I hope that we don't put added pressure on your nervousness, but it's like, I feel like we have to prepare you for the world, you know? Yeah. All right. So I know that you work um, at a restaurant. So like you said, you get a lot of things in and out. And so um, I know you've had like, you know, some racial experiences and things like that. 
and just you, know, you don't have to tell the experience if you don't want to but like how did that make you feel like when um you know either you've heard the word nigger or whatever like how did that make you feel Definitely when there was this one dude in class who provoked me with the N word and it was really, it was really almost um, sickening uh, to see and to see him walk around. He's a a popular guy. So you see him walk around uh, and act like he's the coolest guy ever, but in reality, he's a racist and I always know that in the back of my mind um and it's little things like that you never know who is going to be something and it's really scary you don't know what people's intentions are or how far they're willing to go to provoke you um it can be scary but for the most part it's something that you just it's subtle you know yeah so it's nothing that you're always freaked out about it's just you get anxious or nervous sometimes do you feel like you've gotten to a point that where when racial things happen you're kind of numb to it at this point like is that what you're kind of saying like do you feel like that and that's really that's really sad but it's really crazy because i know like when i was your age i think i was still I went to like a, you know, a majority white high school. And so I was the minority. And so, um, and I was pretty popular. So I think I never really got anything towards me like at all. Um, and so I was very naive, you know, to, and my parents would tell me just like we tell you, maybe not as much, but cause we didn't have like social media back then where you can just blatantly see this shit. Right. So I think a lot of stuff, um, I understood it, but I was still kind of naive to it um, until I went to college and kind of got out into the world and where I, I saw it a lot more. And um, I think when you first start really seeing it, it's like the, I, I don't, I can't really remember the feelings that I had, but I think I was so just like, whoa, what the fuck, you know, because it, you know, I'd never seen it before. I never seen it right in my face like that. And then it made me at that point be, um, you know, ultra aware and keep my head on a swivel go from that point forward. And I think I was like 19 or 20 years old. And that point forward, I was like, yeah, okay, I, I got it now. Because when you actually experience it and you see it, I think it changes your perspective on a lot of things. Because I think we are so, you know, like you're so, you know, you grow up. When you come out, you know, from your parents and all that, like, no one's racist at the beginning. You know, their parents, you know, plugged in this stuff in their head or whatever it may be the case as to why they are now doing you know racial things and so it's like you know when you're a kid you see kids all races playing together don't even think anything about it because why would they think anything about it and so then you know society and maybe your household or whatever makes you start to be you know whatever so when you start seeing as as you're growing up as a you know now you're like a young adult you start seeing that shift it's kind of crazy you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's crazy but um so what do you think if if you were to say that, um, I know we've been talking about change for so long. So in your opinion, if you were to say that like change um, was going to happen or, or, you know, what do you think needs to happen for change to happen in your opinion? I think everybody needs to really promote love. We don't promote it enough, I feel. And um, that's what I've always really thought 
either in the back of my head or just knew that we really need to promote love because all we do is really promote hate and there's so much hate on social media or sexual temptation or whatever the case we just need to promote love yeah i agree and we have those conversations about how i feel like everything in today's society is so overly sexualized it bothers me a lot you know and that's why i don't you know we you know you didn't get social media until what were you 14 15 maybe and then we had to have so many conversations about you know social media and just the appropriateness and all those things because i feel like sex is everywhere i mean you see when i'm playing these video games it's all in the video games i mean it's it's everywhere and i do think that um um i think that I don't know if that's ever going to change, but when I was young, like we didn't have it, things weren't as sexualized as it is now, but we also didn't have as much stuff as you guys have now and tablets and, you know, all that stuff and phones that's basically computers and social media and all that. I think that, uh, especially in the young adults, your generation, you have a lot more pressure. I do agree with you with, I think that people should love each other more and be kind to each other. Um, I don't know why that's such a foreign concept, you know? Uh, I really don't really get it. I think if people just accepted people for who they are, no matter what they are, or, or, you know, who they choose to love, what they choose to do, um, I think that you would see an easier world to live in. You know, I'm one of those people, and and you know how I am. I'm pretty loose, and, like, I don't really care about what anybody's doing. Like, I care about my family. I care about you know, um, our family in the house and things like that. Like, I care about you being a good person, but I don't care about like who you decide to love or what you, you know, what you got going on, you know what I'm saying? As long as you are appropriate and a good person, I think I care more about that than anything else, you know? And a lot of times I think if people would just mind their fucking business and just focus on what they got going on, you know, instead of focus on like pushing their narrative on somebody else, then I think that, it will be the world will be better because a lot of times it's always somebody else's beliefs or somebody else's narrative that they want to push on somebody else. They may not believe the same thing that you believe, you know? Right. So I can't push that on you because you might not, you might not feel, have the same beliefs as I do. So how, who am I to sit and tell you how to live your life? Right. right. So that's why like, you know, when it comes to you and how we parent in here, you know, we more so just want you to be a good person you know, and everything else just falls in place. You know what I'm saying? If you start with being a good person and that's what you want to do, then a lot of things you're not going to do. You know, when you become a man and, you know, you start dating and things like that, like really dating, you know, if you're, if you focus on being a good person, a lot of things you just won't do. You won't be a cheater. You won't be a liar. You won't be a lot of things because you're a good person. You know, if you start there, I feel like everything else trickles in. That makes sense? Right. Yeah. 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 So that's why we kind of try to, you know, focus more so on your insides and everything else I feel like would just fall in place as long as you're good inside. So I think, yeah. you know, your idea of change, I think is valid. And I wish more people would focus on love more than anything else, you know? Right. Such a foreign concept. I don't know why. All right. So we're almost finished with our interview here, child. So next year you've decided on a college. And um, uh, what are some things that, so you have one more year in the house and what are some things that you're nervous about or you think about? And um, my other question is, are you going to miss us and the dogs? 
Um, I'm not so much nervous. I'm nervous about uh, meeting new people and making a whole new group of friends. That's always nervous. And going out on my own, um, starting a new adventurous life for myself. Um, but I definitely am going to miss y'all and especially the dogs. Um, I don't think I've not lived with any dogs ever. I've always lived with a dog and helped take care of it. So it's going to be weird not having any around. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to come visit them and y'all and check on everything. Yeah, I mean, I think the dogs are going to miss you. And, and, and then, you know, Leslie never walks the dogs. So I'm going <laughs> to be forced to have to do it all by myself. So yeah. that's going to be unfortunate. I, I honestly think that, um, you know, we're obviously very proud um, of you. And I think that you'll be fine. I more so feel like if I had any nervousness about you going to college, I think it would be the fact that, you know, you are a little food bougie. Um, I think it's yeah. going to be a rude awakening for you to go and have campus life because I think sometimes you don't realize how good you may really have it at home. And, um, yeah. you know, so a lot of things that you may not want to necessarily eat or things like that, you may find yourself probably eating those things because, you know, college <laughs> life is especially, you know, with you living in the dorm the first year college life can be rough. It can be rough and you got to be, you know, just ready to roll with the punches. And so if I had any nervousness, it would be more so that, but I think you'll be fine. And I think you'll be fine with meeting friends and things like that because, um, you, you know, you are good with people. It's just more so like you deciding to let your guard down with people. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with being somewhat guarded at first with people because you got to be sure that these people are good people, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't really worry too much about, um, I don't really worry too much about anything else. I mean, obviously I'm going to be worried in general cause you know, you're not going to be here and you're going to be in a completely different <laughs> city, but, yeah. um, I'm excited for it because I think it'll be good for you to just start, you know, making your own, you know, life journey. Like, obviously we're always going to be here for you and we're always going to help you and we're always going to do all these things for you. But it's always important for anyone to start transitioning from young adult to adult. And that's kind of what takes place in college. So once you're done with college, you know, you're kind of like an adult. Like you have skills to where you can do certain things on your own. Obviously, you, you know, hopefully will have a job and things like that to where, you know, you can start really fully taking care of yourself in a sense. So, you know, yeah. I'm looking forward to their journey and I think you'll be fine. I really do. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you too, child. Okay, so um, I think that's all I have for you. I do want to, do you want to share a poem with everyone? Do you have one? Yeah, I have a short one. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's share. So you share the name. Do you have a name for it? No, I don't. But okay, we can so we call name it this untitled. Darkest Days. Okay, or, or Darkest, okay, you want to do Untitled? Or you want to call it Darkest Days? We can make yeah, it. let's go with Untitled. Okay, right now. It's Untitled yeah. right now. So let's just make it Untitled. Yeah. All right, so um, you can read your poem whenever you're ready. Okay. In our darkest days, we find the light together, traversing paths which can only be traveled in unity, from conditions others look away from to conditions which bring the world true justice. 
in unity may there be peace okay that's good all right so um why you want to name that darkest days well because that's how it starts out i usually that's how i always start my poems like the end of the first stanza and then that's how you go with the name uh-huh oh. usually sometimes it i'll go with like a metaphor for it but okay cool cool okay so this is the time where i usually give you a chance to kind of share you know um social medias i don't really want you to do that but i more so want you to talk about like just some of the things you're working on like i know you're working on things but share with the people um what are some of the things that you're working on and um you can also share if you want uh one of your goals for the year and and uh if you're still working on that or you know how close are you to accomplishing that um well the first thing i'm gonna share is i've been working on a poetry book for around two years now i think should be two years and um just trickling in some of the poems i think will really mesh well and really it's just mostly a play project not too too serious right now but it's something I do want to get published one day in the future. It's really fun for me and I'm really enjoying it. Well, I think you're speaking a little modestly about your poem book. I've read um, the first half of his, of his, of his poem book and um, I was thoroughly impressed. And this is coming from somebody that reads all the time. And I'm not saying this because you're my kid. Like I actually was thoroughly impressed. And so I think it's more than just something that you're joking around with. Like they weren't, they were actually pretty deep and it was pretty thorough. So I think, um, you know, you don't have to speak modestly. Like you've been working on it and they're, you know, they're good. They're really good. Uh-huh. Um, I more so push for you to just get it finished. I think sometimes yeah. you pick it up and you put it down and you pick it up and put it down, which is nothing wrong with that. But I'm like, you know, I think you should finish it. Yeah. So what else are you working on? Um, mostly that's it. I've been writing like this small, not a, not even a script. It's a, it's a small bunch of characters that I'm putting together for another book I thought of a while ago and it's slowly coming together and I'm, I really like it. Um, and hopefully one day I'm going to reach a point where I can start the writing process. I've been playing this for a while. Um, so I really need to get started, but um, that'll get started probably soon. Um, and so I right now I you're do... doing like character development and plot development and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Isaiah. All right. So um, was there any goals that you want to talk about? Any goals that you're working on? Um, no, not really. I've been trying to read more books. Um, but other than that, no, not really. Yeah, I've been pushing for Isaiah to read more books and I'm probably get on his nerves, but, um, you know, he's a writer and I always tell him what's going to make him a better writer is the more he reads and the more he writes and he does write all the time. So, um i think it's gonna be pretty cool and i think it's gonna be cool you know when you go off to college and you really start really really uh, honing in on your skills because that's kind of like what college does it takes like it takes like 
you can be good and really good at something in college just kind of makes you really great at it because you know you're going to be doing classes that's like literally centered all around writing so the more you do it and the more somebody push you to be a better writer the more you're going to be a better writer so i think that's going to be um pretty cool and so i want to spend some time and just say thank you so much for um joining me today you know i tell you all the time but um, I wanted to get you on here today and just kind of share some of your opinions on some of the things going on. But, you know, we tell you all the time that we are very proud of you. Uh, we're very proud of the things that you're doing. Isaiah's been working really hard this summer, um, trying to do some of his money goals and get him a car and things like that. And so we're, you know, we're very proud of you. And for me, like, you know, I've always been blessed and honored to, you know, be a bonus parent in your life and have the opportunity to see you from this little scrawny boy when I first met you to now you're pretty much almost taller than me and being a young adult and then I look forward to seeing you you know transitioning to being you know a man and so it's been very nice to be able to be on this journey with you I'm very thankful for it we love you very much and I'm really glad that you joined me today thank you I'm honored to be on here all right and so like always guys um, now, I keep telling you guys my social media, you need to follow it, okay? So you can find me on Twitter, it's at IJMT Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, it's at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And if you ever want to email me in regards to the show or things like that, you can find me at IJMTPodcast at gmail.com. Um, make sure that you follow, like, subscribe. We were added to Pandora and iHeartRadio. So those are some of the new spots that I'm on, as well as Spotify. SoundCloud, Apple. Um, I do appreciate all the feedback that you guys give me, and I appreciate some of the extra conversation that we have offline. It's been pretty cool. So if there's ever, you know, an episode that you have any questions about or anything you, you want to talk about, uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, I'm always open to having those type of conversations. And so like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here, and I appreciate you. Mm -hmm.